0: Well, good morning, everybody. Um, good to see you all. It's good to see a good crowd in. Um, kind of first main Sunday back of the term. And um, yeah, it's good to be here, isn't it? So uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Caleb, and I'm uh, one of the elders here at Gateway Church. Um, today, uh, we are just kind of a bit different, really, in terms of this part of the meeting. Um, just rather than some, you know, well, I don't know what I'm... Trying to say, really, it's going to be a bit different this morning, is what I'm trying to say. Um, normally, we would be in some kind of series, and we're looking at a certain section of the Bible or a certain theme. Today, I just want to do something a bit different and just kind of outline where we see things going over the next few months, really, and um, just kind of teach into that a little bit, but really share where we sense what we sense God is saying to us in this season and what comes um, next. So, I suppose the context for this. Um, If you're new around here, you may not be aware of this, but um, back before summer um, at the end of June, uh, we kind of came to the next part of our process of seeing a new eldership team um, kind of leading the church, and, um, and so we celebrated that at the end of June, and so there is now a new team in place. Um, for this next coming season uh, in terms of elders with myself and Ben and Joe. And uh, really this is just about, about setting out kind of what we sense God is saying and where we're going to be taking things in the next few months. So this is not a you know, kind of five-year strategy um, or anything like that. We've literally you know, been meeting for a couple of months as a new team. And so we're, we're just kind of feeling our way into this, but just want to really set out just essentially this term, what the next steps Oh, so, just on a, on a real practical level, um, before we get into that, I just want to give a bit of an update in terms of staffing. Um, so, uh, you, those of you who've been around for a, for a while will know that over the, the last couple of years, um, we've reduced our staffing, um, in, not intentionally necessarily, but just kind of people leaving, moving on to new things. And we, we felt like we wanted to get a new Eldership team in place before we really re-recruited and rebuilt the staff team. And... Um, So over the coming uh, months ahead, you will see some changes. So the first of those is that um, Joe is going to be released onto the staff team in a half-time role and starts tomorrow morning, actually, 9 o'clock, don't be late. Um, (laughs) And uh, so so we're looking forward to that. Just kind of, I think, since uh, John has finished his paid staff role, um, Jenny stepped back a while ago, just I'm really excited about the prospect of more leadership capacity on the staff team. I will certainly be grateful for that. Last year, you might be aware that Molly did an internship, a discipleship year, um, with a a focus on youth work, amongst other things. So she's finished that discipleship year, um, but she is now coming onto the staff team as our part-time youth support worker, and will be helping to, just continuing really in the same vein, Some excited young people over there, which is great. And uh, so she'll be continuing in her role and uh, has done really well. It's been great working alongside her uh, this year. We are also in the middle of recruiting. We're trying to uh, find three new staff members to join the team as well. Uh, I can't say much about that because we're right in the middle of that process. But there will be more to say on that in the coming um, kind of weeks, hopefully fairly soon in terms of filling some additional roles um, as well, so just just to kind of let you know about that, that's um, worth updating on. Um, so where do we where do we sense things are going? What is God saying to us in this season? Well, I think this really is 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 a result of what I'm sharing today. Really, is a result of a, a combination of things. It's you know, those guys as a new team just kind of praying. Um, seeking God. It's other people um, who are, who've been, you know, we love it. We get people all the time just hearing from God, sending in prophetic words, just a a kind of growing sense amongst conversations as well. And how I would describe this really is that there is a growing sense that it's kind of time to move on from this post-pandemic season. The pandemic has been huge. I never want to downplay that. It's impacted on all of us um, in significant ways. In many ways, I think that pandemic has been a generation-defining event. It, you know, history lessons will look back on these times. It has been significant. And then as we came out of the pandemic, a lot of focus has been on recovering and learning lessons and reflecting and looking back. And that's been really important. And, you know, we've done that. I'm sure many of you have as individuals and as a church. We've been, you know, what, what has God been doing in these times? What have we learned? What, what, what ways do we want to do things differently going forward. Often the the focus has been around rebuilding our lives, rebuilding church relationship. But there's a sense really that the the growing sense that God is calling us to 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 look forward now, to look beyond ourselves, to look Outwards. Um, it might just be me, and if you're not in that place, that's absolutely fine. But I think I'm. I feel like I'm kind of done with like reflecting on the pandemic. I think that's been a healthy thing. But I, I think my sense is that there's a growing faith for. Okay, God, what's next? Like, where do you want to lead us next? What are you leading? Us into, and it's not to say the pandemic hasn't left a mark. I know that I'm coming out of it changed in many, many ways. And um, a few weeks back, back before the summer, and um, I know a whole crowd of you were along because I was there as well at a Christ Central Yorkshire prayer evening in Leeds. And um, we had a, a time together. It was great, just kind of praying. And um, I, I actually brought a word in that context. I just felt God a really strong sense that God was challenging us, challenging us to shift our focus. Um, In terms of kind of the the imagery around church or the nature of church, now um, for a long time we as a church, and I would say myself in particular, have really emphasised the image of church from the Bible, perfectly good image, it's clearly there in in the Bible, that the church is the family of God, the church is the family of God, and there's a a real health to that, but actually it's only one of several images of the church in the Bible, and each image actually emphasizes different aspects of the nature of church. So when we emphasize family or we think about the church as the family of God, we might be led to themes around it being safe and loving and thinking about relationships with one another, thinking about how people can belong, how we care for one another, all really good things, right? These these are great and we want to celebrate those things and in many ways that's what makes Gateway Church Gateway Church, which one of our distinctives is family. We talk about being a welcoming family where everyone can belong and that's a really key thing that defines us as a church. But the reality is that other images given to us in the Bible actually um, emphasize different aspects as well. So if we were to think about the church as the bride of Christ, we might be led to think about the purity and holiness and beauty of God's church. We might think about our relationship with Jesus, our longing for him, our, our looking to the day when the church as the bride and Jesus as the groom will be united as one. If we were to think about the church as the body of Christ, we might think about the variety of functions, about each member having a role to play, about how we work together, all different yet in unity, playing our part, serving one another. But the image that we really feel called to emphasize in this coming season and to spend some focus on is is that of the picture that we get from the Bible of the church as the army of God. It's just our sense is that, that there's a, a kind of, in some ways, maybe a, another chord or another note to add in the chord of church life. Like the, these are all good images. Every single one of them is great. And it's not about rejecting one at all, but it's about in this season just highlighting this particular image. So there will be themes like mission and purpose and warfare and discipline and training and obedience. And camaraderie. It's not about rejecting what God has done in us at all. It's about building and adding and continuing to, to grow in and become the church that God wants us to be. So, what will this look like? Well, uh, next Sunday, we, we'll, we'll kind of uh, just just really, I'm, I'm going to be speaking again and just going to be inviting you, a real practical one. that um, What we want to do really at the, at the outset is invite you to participate in three very simple life-changing and world-shaking practices uh, next week. So there'll be an invitation there next week. I'm not going to tell you what they are. Oh, you'll have to come back. Uh, But that's next Sunday. We're just going to be saying, look, on this journey of of exploring what does it mean to be the army of God, we, we want to talk about three simple practices that we just invite people to commit to. But then the following week, we will start a new series, a new teaching series, that will run all the way through to Christmas Um, It will be called The King and His Army, and we want to focus on King Jesus and what it means to be His church, His army. And so there will be about 10 or so of these talks through until Christmas. There is a little break in the middle, and there will be 5 and then a a break where uh, on one Sunday, just to give you a heads up actually, um, we are going to be not meeting here on a Sunday, instead on the Saturday morning... Uh, we are, I know, a world-changing church on a Saturday morning. Can we handle that, do you think? Uh, but we're going to be joining with uh, the, the other churches in our region, in Christ Central Yorkshire, in Leeds, for a, a, a kind of full morning, um, just like a, a giant church service altogether, which will be great fun. So that's on the 5th of November, Saturday the 5th, and so Sunday the 5th there, there will be no service here. Uh, we'll also be, at that time, in one of those weeks, um, in the middle break, um, in tying it into the anniversary of COP26, it's COP27, all around climate crisis, we're going to be having a focus there on creation care again on one Sunday. Um, that's the following Sunday, if that's the 13th, I think that makes sense. Um, so, so that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be teaching into this. This will, this will you know, kind of set the tone, really, over the next term in terms of the teaching, what does, what does it mean to be the army of God? And alongside this on a pr- really practical level, which is where I want to really um, spend most of our time here this morning, uh, we're, we're going to be doing stuff. We, we, we're, we're wanting to continue to push forward into things that God is calling us to as a church in terms of outreach, looking outward beyond ourselves, in terms of this mission that God has for us. His army. And so obviously, we have got a a whole ton of stuff that happens here as part of our outreach, and many of you are involved in that, and and that's all going to continue, and we're really grateful for everyone who serves into that. Um, you know, we, there's a lot that goes on here. If you come in here during the week, there is a ton of stuff that happens, serving our community, reaching out, proclaiming and demonstrating the good news of God's kingdom. And we want to value that and honor that. Absolutely. And that will continue. Uh, but I also want to highlight two things that we're really feeling God is leading us into at the moment. The first one of those is something we're calling the atrium, which is probably the most pretentious name we've ever had for any ministry in this church, but we're avoiding trying to use the word cafe like the plague. Uh, You might have noticed this. So we used to have, those of you who have been around for a long time, we used to have a 5 day week 6 day week at one point, actually, cafe out there in that space. It was open to the public, nine until three. Uh, It was great in many, many ways, but over time, it became quite a challenge to continue, and uh, we took the decision to stop that. But really, ever since that happened... We've had a desire to, to be more open as a facility here to the community, to have a, more of an open door. We talk about this building being a place for people to connect. That's what we want this to be. We want people to be able to connect with one another. We want people to be able to connect um, with, with us, with, with believers. We want it to be a place where they can connect ultimately with a God who loves them and knows them. It's our desire to be more open. We want to show hospitality to our community. So the vision for the atrium is that we create a hospitality space in the center of Acom here, an open door so people can come and go where they can connect with us and with others. and um, The idea is that it will be on a pay-as-you-feel basis, so there will be a simple offering of food and drink It will be very nice, uh, but very simple, and people can pay as you feel. Uh, we, My sense, actually, as we've reflected on this this week, um, I don't know if you remember this, but when we had our church weekend at home um, back in, was that in July, I think? Uh, now, David Oliver was a guest speaker. He spoke, uh, before he actually spoke, he brought a prophetic word for us as a church, and he saw five or six white doors that were going to open. He described these as, as kind of open doors of opportunity, unexpected opportunities that might come our way. And when I spoke to him afterwards, he talked about this, he said, I don't have huge clarity as to what they are, but I think one of them might be in health, and I think another one might be in public service. Now, very interestingly, um, I mean, if, if anyone de- deserves a gold star at the moment, it's Wendy Neary, because uh, on in the early days of February, uh, just, or probably late February, just as things were happening in Russia and Ukraine, Wendy fixed our energy tariff for four years. Um, <laughs> which... <laughs> <laughs> now, like... I, I mean, to be fair, somebody did phone up and say, you should fix, and we said, OK, we will. And we fixed at a higher rate than we were paying, but it means we, we are paying that rate now for the next four years, um, which is just brilliant. And, and my sense, actually, is that this winter, very genuinely, there will be people in our community who cannot afford to heat their homes. And it comes at a time when we are looking to create a space out here, an open door, a welcoming space, that will be a warm place, that will be heated. And I just think, I wonder if this is one of those white doors of opportunity. You know, we, we used to tag the, um, the, the Connect Cafe, which has kind of led to this atrium thing, was a, a kind of one foot, a dip in the toe around this kind of idea. We used to talk about post-COVID that being a safe place to connect. So I think this is going to be a warm place to connect. We might even kind of advertise it as that. But we, we are going to be open here to begin with just three days a week, um, for a few hours each day, and, uh, and we're going to create a hospitality space. And I genuinely believe that's going to be a huge public service this winter, when some people, maybe elderly folks, just can't afford to heat their homes. They can come here, get a bowl of soup, a hot cup of coffee, and they don't even have to pay for it if they can't afford it. So, um, so I think that's really timely. Um, and I, and I think, you know, Sarah Hogman is taking the lead on this in terms of making it happen. There's a few things that need to be in place, but I think it starts next week. Is that right? A week on Monday, maybe. A week on Monday, it's going to be up and running. Um, so I'll talk a little bit later about how you might want to get involved in that um, towards the end. But I'm, I'm really, it just feels really timely. It feels like God has been involved in this. You know, we're, we're kind of getting this up and running, and I think it's really going to hit the mark in terms of blessing and serving our community. Uh, the second thing I want to kind of highlight really in terms of areas, practical outreach that we are looking to press into is around our Chapel Fields congregation. But before I talk about that, I need to talk about an obscure Instagram account that most of you will probably never have heard of. It's called Sneakers and Preachers or oh, Preachers and Sneakers. I can't remember which one. I think it's Preachers and Sneakers. Has anyone come across it? Just out of interest. Some of you have. <laughs> yeah. Some of the younger generation. Uh, So I don't recommend going and seeing this because I've spent some time on there and you come away feeling really genuinely dirty because it's quite a judgy place. However, somebody took it upon themselves uh, to create an Instagram account that calls out famous church leaders who wear very expensive designer clothes and they basically take pictures of them or take stills from their live stream and detail how much that would actually cost to, to kind of wear that, that thing. And, I mean, it is quite remarkable the amount of money you can spend on clothes. There's now a sister channel called Profits and Watches, uh, which does the same <laughs> and, uh, and actually highlights the, the, you know, the $10,000 watches that some famous church leaders wear, etc. And uh, I really don't recommend it. You can hear a story about it, that's fine. But if you go there, you end up judging people. Uh, Or I certainly did. Anyway, maybe you're better than me, uh, that kind of thing. Now, listen, uh, I think for obvious reasons, I'm probably never going to feature on either one of those channels. Don't laugh too hard, guys. Come on. (laughs) But for obvious reasons, I'm not going to feature on that kind of account. However, if there were an Instagram account uh, that, that was... There to call out church leaders who are guilty of wanting to look spiritually impressive to others, then I am super guilty and they would have me fair and square and I would probably be featured heavily on their Instagram account. It is an ugly thing and I don't like it, but I am a people pleaser. There's a part of me that loves talking about me. Uh, There is part of me that wants you to be really impressed by my deep spirituality, my great feats of faith, and my obvious abundance in all of the fruit of the Spirit. (laughs) Because of this, or because I'm aware of this, I feel conflicted when talking about things where I'm fairly central to the thing I'm talking about. And the reality is, I feel a certain awkwardness talking about the the vision for Chapel Fields because essentially it's something that God has birthed in me. And so I kind of live with this slight awkwardness, but it's something that God has birthed in me, in my heart over the last 10 years or so, a congregation meeting on the, the estate of Chapel Fields that's in Chapel Fields for Chapel Fields, and, and probably, my sense is, I feel challenged that I haven't... That internal conflict of, like, I don't really want to talk about it because I know I'll have to talk about me and then i have to deal with this thing of, like, wanting to impress people. I've probably not done a great job because of that in terms of actually talking through the vision behind a congregation in Chapelfields. And I want to... If, if we want to kind of co-own this as a church and we want to see a significant peop, number of people owning this vision and getting on board with it, then actually I do need to just get better at talking about it and get over myself. So uh, can I share with you my heart for Chapel Fields, please? <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, let's start in the Bible, Matthew 28, uh, verse 18. The Bible is usually a good place to start, right? Um, so Matthew, uh, Matthew 28, um, verse 18, really famous words. Jesus has died, he has risen again, he is talking to his disciples. And he says this, Jesus came and told his disciples... I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this: I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. We then skip forward to Acts chapter 1 verse 8 just a short time later. Jesus, again, has gathered his apostles, his followers around him, and he says this, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It is pretty clear to me, and I suspect pretty clear to you, too, that Jesus commissioned his followers you and me, to take the good news to every single nation and neighbourhood, right? It's not just to selective places, it's to the ends of the earth, it's to all nations. And for that to happen, I believe that the church needs to have a presence in every nation and neighbourhood. Around 11 years ago, uh, Rona and I were newly married. Considering where uh, God might be calling us to, uh, we were considering all kinds of options—quite literally all over the world. We got very excited about, you know, where God might call us to. And um, it, it, I don't know if you know that—I probably shouldn't say this. This is a bit judgy. But um, one, one leading, um, <laughs> one leading mission organization in the world, their most popular base, where most people are based, believe it or not, is in Hawaii. I wonder why. I feel God calling me to Hawaii. Anyone else? And uh, the reality is, you know, we were just exploring all these exotic locations. Where might God call us to be? I've always wanted to go to New Zealand. Maybe God would use that. Um, (laughs) Yes, and Bridget from New Zealand. (laughs) Brilliant. I might take you up on that someday. (laughs) But uh, in the end, we heard the quiet whisper of the Spirit calling us not to go further but to go deeper. There is nothing wrong with God calling you further, and God may well call some of you, and has over the years called some of you, and then he's called you back again, which is great for us, but has called you to go further, and that is absolutely brilliant, but that is not what we sensed God saying to us. We felt God calling us, don't go further, want you to go deeper. So we considered where we might go deeper. Where might we go deeper in our local community? We kind of asked the question, um, where in York does no one really want to aspire to live? Um, and so we bought a house in Chapelfields. Uh, at that point, um, just kind of looking, you can look at the, this was from the census 10 years ago. We haven't got the new figures yet for this stuff. Um, but from the census uh, 10 years ago, uh, at that point, this will just give you a picture of, of Chapel Fields if you don't know it as an estate. So 45% of housing there is social housing. Um, 40% of households have no car or van. Um, 37% of households have no adult in any form of employment, 28% of households have one or more individual living with a a long-term health issue or disability, Um, 32% of over-16s have no qualifications, 54% of those employed and are in uh, the sectors of manufacturing construction retail and healthcare. gives you just a bit of a picture of that local community the life expectancy there is is lower than this but you can't get it for that small an area so widened out to the Westfield ward life expectancy is eight years less than other parts of York and you get the picture much higher rates of crime of poverty of need etc and so we thought well we think that's a good place to go and live, feels like the kind of place uh, Jesus might want to do some stuff, so we moved there just to live and be part of the community. Now, um, over, year, over the years, I uh, started keeping a notebook of ideas on what actually a church plant in that community might look like. My assumption was, as time went on, uh, that I would leave this church here and go start a new church in Chapelfields. I actually had no idea that I would end up um, as part of the leadership here in this church, uh, now, anyway, we've, we've now lived there for more than 10 years. We've raised our kids there. We're part of the community, as are um, several of you as well. And like I'm sure many of you in your own neighbourhoods are, you, you grow in love for the place you live. So I have, over those 10 years, God has grown in me a love for that neighbourhood of Chapelfields and for the people who live there. There are some real positives to celebrate about that community. Uh, everyone seems to know everyone quite literally. Um, There are multiple generations who who live in close proximity to one another, looking out for one another. Uh, Our next door neighbour, before she died, she was a lady in her 80s, uh, she actually had four generations of her family who all lived in Chapelfields within walking distance of one another. There is a deep sense of community um, in that place. There is some good things to celebrate there, but there's also deep need. There is a huge amount of poverty, of isolation, of children roaming free with no supervision and all that that leads to. There's a huge amount of antisocial behaviour, a huge amount of relationship breakdown. There is deep need within that community. And I believe that God... Here we go. It was bound to happen. God has called his church into all the world, to the ends of the earth. So that means, I believe, that we... As his church, need to be in every neighborhood. The nice areas and the areas where nobody really wants to leave, to live, or move to. God has put this community, the community of Chapel Fields, in my heart, uh, and in recent years uh, has grown a real desire um, in me to see us as a church have a congregation meeting in that community, in Chapel Fields for the benefit of Chapel Fields. So what are we doing about it? Let's get really practical. Well, to do this, we actually have to go back 17 years because God was doing something before he'd ever planted that seed in my heart in terms of that community. In 2005, a long, long time ago now, I actually did a gap year for this church. Don't know if you knew that. um, Before doing a university course, and as part of this, uh, I was invited. I didn't even, it wasn't my initiative, but um, I was invited to form a team with other local churches, starting going into the local primary school, Westfield, um, which basically most of the kids on the Chapelfield estate go into. And um, so, for every week for the last 17 years, uh, every single week, uh, myself and a team of others from four different churches in this locality have gone in. And so, every, and because every, Uh, Pretty much every child in Chapelfield goes to Westfield. And because for two years of their lives, between the ages of five and seven, every single week they hear a Bible story... Um, we actually go through, it takes us two years to go through a storyteller Bible, um, so they hear the grand narrative of Scripture. Uh, we do a, a song with actions and we pray for them. Because of all those things, there is already almost an entire generation of young people between the ages of 5 and 22 who have been taught through the entire story of Scripture, being told every week for two years of their lives that there is a God who loves them and wants a relationship with them. Now... <laughs> That that was something that, that just kind of happened and has continued. Now, does that mean you know we've got an instant revival on our hands? No. Uh, does it mean uh, that every other person in Chapelfields is a believer who is following Christ? No. Unfortunately, not yet. Uh, But I really do believe, and uh, Isaiah 55 verse 11 tells us, or verse 10 and 11 says this, The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my words. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. For me, there is a real sense that we've sown a seed in that community already. And actually, I think some of you can take heart from that verse as well. Whatever community is on your heart, wherever you live, whatever your front line is, whether it's your workplace, whether it's your school gate, whether it's your social club, whether it's your, your neighbours, you need to hear this morning that God's word, he sends it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that God wants it to, and it will prosper everywhere he sends it. In that community in Chapel Fields, we have sown seeds in faith that one day God will reap a harvest there. Alongside that, for several years, um, a group of us have been running a weekly youth club for young people in that area. We've now broadened that out to primary school ages as well. Um, and I'm very aware that there are five or six other households already part of this church here who live in Chapel Fields just every day over some of them several years being shining their lights, loving their neighbours as well. Um, so at the start of this year or earlier this year, um, we, we started a monthly service. We've had two or three of those already just in a community facility right at the heart of Chapel Fields. And uh, I know several of you have been involved, which is great. And our intention is to keep going with this, the next one will be next Sunday. We do them on Sunday afternoons. Uh, it's very informal, and we're feeling our way with this. We don't really know what shape that will take, um, but our hope is that we we just gather people from that local community. Uh, we always share food together as well. So, so that is that's really my heart for Chapelfields and for that area. And um, and and really today, where, where I want to end, where I want to land things, is just helping us to consider how we might as a church get on board with, with these two things, with the atrium and with chapel fields. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to neglect here all the good stuff that already goes on, and many of you serve in those outreach areas, absolutely. But here's three things uh, that we might want to consider in terms of how we get on board uh, with what we believe God is calling us to. So first of all, praying. That's simple, we can all do this, right? Committing to pray for these things, committing to pray that God will bear fruit in these areas of outreach. We're going to spend some time this morning after I wrap up actually doing that collectively, corporately together, we're going to pray. But I would love us to commit to praying into both of these areas. The second thing uh, is to give. So actually some of you, um, you might be really busy during the week, you might have a heart for somewhere else, you might think actually that top of the first thing isn't for me, I, I'm not free during the day to do the atrium thing, I can pray. Uh, but actually one of the things you could do is give. Uh, many of you give to the church already, we are investing money into both of these areas because ministry costs money and uh, these things you know, additional staffing, etc. So, I would ask you absolutely in light of, you know, kind of very aware of the, the cost of living crisis, etc. So, I'm never going to give you the hard sell on giving. We just simply ask that you consider before God, God, how much do you wanna, do you want me to give of your money? Uh, how much, God, do you want us to give here? Maybe you use a family or as an individual, it's a good point to reflect and just ask that question, not under compulsion, but giving cheerfully, uh, generously, sacrificially, prayerfully considering God, how can we give to this? The third thing is to get involved practically. It won't be possible for everyone, uh, but if you can, great. So when it comes to the atrium. Um, That is going to be running initially, like I said, Monday to Wednesday, 10 until 2. Um, Sarah tells me that there are 20 people signed up already to serve on that team, which is just incredible. Thank you so much, every single one of you who has said you are up for being a part of that team. Uh, Apparently, um, for some reason, it's Monday afternoons, we're just really short on people. So if you are available on a Monday afternoon and you would like to get involved, please do have a chat with Sarah or just head to the info point at the end. There are all kinds of roles involved in that. So it might be practical stuff like cleaning or making cups of tea, etc. It might be the adjoining prayer space that is going to be open throughout that you could see yourself serving there. It might be sitting at tables, connecting and chatting with other people. It might be you don't sign up to just kind of join the team but you just think you know what I can I can pop in during the week on a regular basis and just be and chat and connect with people and get on board with that. Um, So that's how you could practically get involved with that. When it comes to Chapel Fields, if you are free on a Thursday, 3.30 till 5, we would love you to join our team in the club, the After School Hangout Club. Um, Always open to more people helping with that. I'm sure there will be more opportunities just kind of to do ad hoc things as we seek to establish ministry in that area. Um, And you could, if you wished, if you just sense a a rise of faith today around this thing that I've shared in terms of chapel fields, we would love to see you coming along on those Sunday afternoons. Um, You know, we're just really feeling our way with those who knows what they will end up looking like. But it would be great if you're on board, get yourselves along to those when we run them on Sunday afternoons. We'd love to see you there. I'm almost hesitant to even suggest this because I could never ask somebody to do this and this would only work if God inspired you and spoke to you and told you to do it and you should never do it if you think you're being persuaded by somebody else to do so because you would regret it. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, God is calling some of you, to uproot and to move in this season. For some of you, it might be that actually, just as we go through this series and we're thinking about the mission of God, God calls you maybe further. Some of you, God might call deeper. It might be exactly where you are, that God is calling you deeper into the fabric of the community that you are part of. It might be that actually God is calling you to move house. Maybe some of you into Chapelfields, the most wonderful place to live in the entire world. Who knows what God will do. I'm not going to suggest that or tell you to do anything around that. But just maybe God will, who knows what God will do. I just wonder what God might want to do in this. So uh, I'm going to hand over to these guys in a moment. We're going to pray. and um, Before we do that, um, I just want to give an opportunity to respond really. So um, in, in Isaiah chapter 6, um, verse 8, very famous passage. Isaiah, uh, God, is, God is essentially calling him. And, um, and, and he has this vision. And, uh, and then God says in verse 8, it says, Then I heard, this is what Isaiah is writing, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am, send me. And, um, you know, Isaiah models to us what it means to respond when God calls us. What's happened to the microphone? It just went funny it on its own accord, didn't it? Oh. There's another microphone on somewhere, that's why. It's no. Oh, it's Faith turned those on. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> um, so, uh, there's some puzzled faces at the back wondering what's going on. So, uh, you know, Isaiah models to us uh, just the, the attitude of when God says go, he says, here I am, send me. I, I just want to give you the opportunity today and, uh, and then I'll pray maybe these guys will come up and lead us. But, but do you sense, is God calling you afresh today? Are you, are you in this same place that I'm at, that we're at as elders, that we're sensing God saying, it's time to look outwards. It's time to look beyond ourselves. Let's move on from post-pandemic, from reflection on what's been happening and let's look forward to what God is doing. If you're sensing God is putting something in your heart afresh to, to increase faith for the going aspect of our faith, from the proclaiming and demonstrating the good news, of his kingdom, and you want to respond to that by saying, here I am, send me, then I want to invite you to stand right now, and I'm going to pray for us, okay? So if you're sensing that, if you're not, fine, genuinely, I don't think everyone will stand, and that's fine, but if you're just in that place of like, yes, I am ready, God is sending me, or God's calling me to go, and I want to respond by saying, here I am, send me, then I'll invite you to stand, I'm going to pray, Father God, we know that you are a God who is a sending God. You sent Jesus into the world. You sent your spirit. You sent out the the 12. You sent out the 72. You sent your disciples into all the world to tell of the good news message. And we want to be a people who are responsive to that call. Wherever it is you've placed us, we want to hear your voice prompting us, calling us to go. God, today on my senses, you might be calling some of us afresh to go exactly where we are, but just to, to refine that call of, yes, you have a mission for my life, God. For some of you, it might be that God is calling you somewhere else, either further or deeper. God, help us to be obedient to you when you call us. God, increase our faith as a church community for all you want to do, for the ways you want to build your kingdom here in this neighborhood, in this community, in Acom, in Chapelfields, in York. God, we want to see your kingdom come in power. We want to see lives transformed. We want to see people set free. We want to see many, many people come to faith in Christ and know you as Lord and Savior. God, that's your heart. Help us today to catch your heart afresh for what you want to do here and beyond. Increase our faith, God, for all you want to do through your church that you have called to the very ends of the earth. Thank you, God. Amen.